Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back for another episode of Hands in Motion. I'm Kara Smith. And I'm Stephanie Strauss. For those of you not aware, April 18th through 24th is National Volunteer Week. So on today's episode, we are celebrating all the volunteers that make ASHT the great organization that it is. Our guest today is no stranger to volunteering with ASHT. In fact, at the upcoming ASHT annual meeting in October, she will be installed as our sort of chief volunteer or more commonly known as the president of ASHT. We are excited to welcome Diane Coker to Hands in Motion. Welcome, Diane. Oh, thank you. And why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am actually a Texan, although I don't want to admit that too much right now, (laughs) but everything is going on. So I graduated from Galveston, UT Galveston, which once upon a time was just their main school. They do have other medical schools now, but I grew up in El Paso. So you can imagine growing up in a desert when it came time to go to school and it's like, a beach city? Well, of course, I'm going to pick out that one. I graduated, and unfortunately, six months later, my husband got a job offer out here, so we came out to California. I worked at a big county hospital when we got here. It's called LA County USC Medical Center. It's basically, it's like Cook County in Chicago. It's very big. It's been around for a long, long time, and stayed there eight years. And I came down to where I am presently, which is Orange County, which is somewhere between LA and San Diego, real close to the beach, but not beachfront property. You couldn't afford that. When I came down here, I did a little bit of home health. I did a little bit of hospital work. And then I found a job that was with a group of physicians that were orthopedists. And that's kind of where I got a big push into being a hand therapist. As far as myself personally, I'm married. I have two kids and I have three grandchildren. Fun. I bet they keep you busy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exhausted, more like. (laughs) 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 Then my bedtime is 830, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, most most nights my bedtime is 830. (laughs) And I don't have any grandchildren. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems so much easier when I was younger. Nowadays, when they go all over the place like ping pong balls, it's exhausting. (laughs) 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 Well, tell us a little bit about how you got involved volunteering with ASHT. Well, when I joined ASHT, I, I like to get involved. So about two years after I first joined, I was thinking about it all. At the time, we used to have a luncheon at AM annual meeting, and they would have these little lunch groups with each committee would or each division would. And it was to see if they could drum up members. I kind of looked them over and decided to join the practice division. At the time I joined, and that was a long time ago, the practice division was not what it is now. We were actually making the patient education handouts. That was kind of our big job. Dan Bash was there. He's the one that actually got me a little involved in this committee work. About the time I became a BMAL, 
probably three or four years later, they changed the whole thing. So the practice division is not what it is now. Now it really deals with legislation and reimbursement and things like that. And the patient education division took over the patient education handouts and just moved up from there. So you said after you joined, at what point in your career, I know you said you had started out working in other areas before hands. At what point in your career did you join ASHT? I joined right after I passed the CHT exam. At the time, I thought you can't join ASHT until you were a CHT, which is not true, but I didn't know that. So that was probably 20 years ago. <laughs> I can't even count up the numbers anymore. <laughs> probably don't want to. <laughs> So I have to, about it took me about two years to join a committee because the first year you're just kind of getting your feet in the ground and seeing what's available. And the second year I thought, well, I need to get more involved. I like, you know, doing things. So it, about the second or third year, I finally joined the practice division. So what keeps you coming back for more? I know. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> the thing about volunteering is the more you do it, the more you want to do it. it. It just got very engaging. Matter of fact, there was a time after I was a B-mall, my daughter got pregnant and had a child. And I thought, do I want to get in or out further? Because I've got this little grandbaby that she's asking me to help with. So I told her, you, you've got to handle this kid. I need to get, I want I, I was like, sad. I don't want to leave the board. It was so much fun. <laughs> so, I was, so I sacrificed my grandson for ASHT. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy that you did. <laughs> On our end, anyway. (laughs) Uh, She got over it. (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody was interested in starting to volunteer with ASHT, where exactly should you begin? I know it is kind of intimidating to say, hey, I want to get started doing this. But what do you recommend or suggest people do if they really want to dive in and, and start helping out? Well, I think it kind of depends on your personality and you really need to assess how much time do you have. If you're a young mother and you've got a lot of demands, you know, your time is a little short. But as you get more and more into ASHT and find out what the opportunities are, of course, your kids are growing up, too, and they need you a little less. So I would say for somebody just getting involved, just dip your toes in the water. We have things called micro volunteer acts. If you go into our volunteering section on our website, they list a whole bunch of things you can get involved. And some of these are as small as just writing a tip of the week, or there's another section called lead leadership, education, development, where maybe you just need to write a monthly blog and they'll, they'll take maybe anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 or 45 minutes to get involved. And you can do that while the kids nap. But then you go all the way up into you get more and more involved and you find you're spending sometimes an hour a week and then you're spending four hours a week and your time commitment gets gets a little longer. Yeah, that's great. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with things going on at work and think, well, I'd like to get involved, but maybe I don't have as much time to give. And so those are some great examples of of ways to even just get your toes wet a little bit with the organization. That's a trend, the micro-volunteering, you know, because people can't sometimes devote a lot of time to it. Yeah. And just, you know, I know as far as myself and volunteering, when I first got started, it is kind of overwhelming when you first get started. You know, there's all this stuff going on. If you're in, say, I started with education division and, you know, 
you go to that first meeting and you're like, what is going on here? I have no idea. Where do I even like, I'm afraid to even voice like anything and say, give an opinion or anything, because then if you voice your opinion, you become part of the job. (laughs) So, (laughs) but it, like you said, it takes you that first year until you really figure out okay, what's going on here? You do need that grace period of that year, but I don't think you should not speak up and not volunteer because like you said, you can, can volunteer on micro levels and still get things accomplished and be a part and have your voice be heard. Yeah. And we have a lot of opportunities as ASHT. It's so big. You're even kind of specializing in ASHT. You can get involved in legislation. You can get involved in the committees. You can get involved in education. So even then you start to maybe specialize a little bit would, would be a good way to call it as a volunteer. For sure. So Diane, you used a term a little bit ago. You used it a couple of times of BMAL. What does that mean within <laughs> ASHT? Yeah, that, that took me a while too. It sounds too close to something else, right? <laughs> so it stands for board member at large. And that's sort of considered the entry level into board positions. And their duties encompass pretty much being a gopher a little bit for tasks and task forces and some of the committee work that's there. So they do a lot of videos and Zooms and things like that, but they're also assigned extra work to work on behind the scenes. So I do know there is also the BMAL intern position, which I was for two years, and that's a great way to sit back and just listen to everything. I learned so much from having be an intern with the BMAL, and I did. I learned so much, everything from, you know, what happens financially. Now, you know, we're allowed to listen, but we really can't partake as an intern. So that's something, you know, that you're going to be able to do. And it does require some time commitment uh, because you do have projects, but I think, you know, that's another good way to get involved as well. Mm -hmm. It is some work, but they didn't have that when I was, became for a BMAL. It was more, you just jump in and the internship thought came to us like two or three years afterwards. Yeah, it was definitely very beneficial for myself anyway, because I honestly had no idea like what everything that was involved and it is a lot you know, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. But didn't it also give you a little bit of thirst for, oh, I want to get more involved? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. You just keep saying yes and say yes again and yes again. So you have all these projects, but it really makes you feel a part of everything and, you know, that you're contributing and making a difference. Mm -hmm. And meeting people, I love that about it. The more I got into it, the more you just meet people. I mean, some of my my heroes, basically, that I grew up studying to take the CHT exam and the people you hear as national speakers. So all of a sudden, you're friends with them. Mm-hmm. So once you, I guess, completed your position as a BMAL, then what was next for you? What were your next steps? My next step was become secretary treasurer elect. You serve that for one year and then you step into the role of secretary treasurer. And I think that's great because you're unlike the board intern, you're not really responsible for a lot. And the person who is ahead of you as secretary treasurer is there to teach you the ropes. So you get a real good feel for, I mean, honestly, to look at the spreadsheet of all our finances, it's, it's pretty intimidating, you know, and I I thought I knew how to work a spreadsheet, but wow. (laughs) 
pages and pages. <laughs> so I guess we can talk a little bit more about the board because it seems like there's some stepping stones once you get involved there, you saying with secretary treasurer, and then we also have sort of a presidential line. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh-huh. So once I finished as secretary, I thought, well, do I want to take a break and stand back a little bit? No, I might as well just keep going. So, <laughs> so you sign on to become vice president, but you do have to commit to, I'm going to stay in the presidential line for four years because they feel a one-year kind of intro into presidential duties is not enough. So you start stepping into more and more leadership roles. So it becomes vice president for a year, then you're president-elect for a year, then you become president for a year, and you're not done yet. Keep hanging on. You've got to become immediate past president for a fourth year. So you really get a good chance of knowing what the presidential duties and responsibilities are. As you become vice president and then president-elect, which I am, you take on more and more committee work, and you're on more and more committees. And that's when you start noticing your time goes. (laughs) So then what do you do as past president? Do you still have time commitment as well? Yes, they do have to attend all our board meetings and they are in charge of the nominations committee. And that's that's Uh, a good good place for a person to step in and be a part of that committee. Again, another short-term commitment. It's a really good, you know, I like joining both of them. And I think they do take on task force leaders for certain projects that come along, again, hopefully short term, but they're there also to advise the current president, you know, of history because they've got the most history involved in ASHT goings on. That makes it sound less intimidating when you know you've got a little bit of help behind you, a little bit of help in front of you to help guide you. And that's even kind of with committees, when you step on, I think we've all experienced when you step onto a committee and go, whoa, what did I just get myself into? And then you learn a little bit more about the committee, you learn a little bit more and you take on more tasks or you get voluntold (laughs) to take on more tasks, (laughs) but also with the board. So I I think that's a nice thing that our organization offers is a little bit of mentorship along the way to guide you. So it's not so intimidating to get involved. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, they're not going to throw you to the wolves <laughs> Thank goodness. right after being a BMO. <laughs> <laughs> so what different areas are there to volunteer in? Like what different committees? Oh, wow. You'd probably have to help me on that. We had the international committee. We've got, oh, wow. Educational. Committee, educational. Uh-huh. Research. Research. Well, that's a division. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we have three divisions, education, research, and practice and legislation. I think we just shortened it to practice. And then under those, some there are a few on the side that actually the president or the vice president like that is in charge of a lot of little smaller committees. We have the lead is more or less a committee. We're in charge of the e-community, but we're posting in our own section on how to become a leader. And then the the International Committee deals with therapists, interacting with therapists on other countries in the U.S. And then the Nominations Committee is a very short-term thing. They go over all the applications for the different board positions and put forth a slate of officers. So then I know within each committee, there are many subcommittees. And 
opportunities to volunteer in. I know Kara and I are both on the educational committee and what is there, maybe eight or nine different subcommittees, mm-hmm. I think, under there. So they range from obviously podcast, webinars, patient education sheets, and feel free to throw anything else out there. The blogs or the time right. or the fingertip right. week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there is. There's many. And I mean, even since I started on the Ed Division, there's so many more that have developed since. I started probably five years ago, maybe. Uh Yeah. When I first started, there might've been four or five little subcommittees. Yeah. And the education is the biggest, not only division, but the biggest with all the committees within that division, because I know practice has about three or four legislation and state outreach and things like that. But the international committee only had a couple. There was one that handled the mentor program. There was one that was in charge of blogs for the ASHT Times. So maybe two or three. So it was a much smaller committee. So do our members have to be on a division to help out or can they just jump in and volunteer with any of these divisions if they reach out to the the leaders? (laughs) It depends on what you want to join. If you want to join one of the divisions, education, research, and practice, you actually apply for that position. The lead program, pretty much you you write us and say you want to do it and you're in. You don't have to go through a board approval position. So it depends. Again, the person has to decide how much time commitment they want. If you just want to join a simple committee, there's some you can apply through ASHT in their short term, but there's some like the HTRC, that committee will be going on forever. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these have, I guess, volunteer job security, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So really, what is the board looking for if you are interested and want to apply to be able to serve on a division? I know you have to submit a CV and a letter of intent, Uh but is there anything specific that the board is looking for, you know, from members that are looking to join? They do have some specifics and not that I've got them on top of my head, but if you go position on the website, you know, when it says volunteering, they actually had the qualifications and some of the background education they're looking for, for those positions. Like to become secretary treasurer, they do like to see you've had some financial background. Maybe you're treasurer for your, uh, the PTA or something like that. (laughs) But when it comes to somebody who just wants to help out and say, write a blog, you know, that's, that's just fun. And it's not, and you can write on what you're interested in, but your CV doesn't really have to say, I've, I can prove this past experience. To volunteer with ASHT, do you have to be a CHT or? No, you do not have to. We did like pretty much the thought a long time ago that you had to be only a CHT. Like I said, when I joined, I thought you had to be a CHT, be any kind of position on an ASHT committee or division. And that they've kind of wiped that away a little bit. Matter of fact, I think we've had a president, Joy McDermott, who was not a CHT, and she went right into the presidency, which meant all the way through her background experience and stepping up into positions, she was just herself. <laughs> and I mean, that, that's saying a lot. I mean, she's right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Not to put her down. She, <laughs> but she brings a lot to the table for sure. Yeah. In fact, our founder, 
Evelyn Mackin mm-hmm. also never took the CHT exam and right. she was the past president. Yeah. So what would your advice be for either new members or long-term members who've been around for a while, but might not have jumped in yet to volunteer? What would be your advice for, for people just to get started with volunteering? Well, again, start with looking at how much time you really have to commit. You know, our board intern last year, she's got two kids that are grade school level and she's a full-time clinician at the Philly Hand Center. She was also kind of in charge of there and the Philly Hand Center thing they have every spring. So I'm surprised she did as well as she did because I would have collapsed a little bit. (laughs) So once you've made that decision, then, then you find out that I love volunteering and what else can I get involved in? And ASHT, we really try to promote this simply because volunteers are the lifeline. You know, we, we need you. If without our volunteers, we don't have a, an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more I get involved, I recognize that too. I mean, I know we have staff members that help support our organization, but so many of the offerings that we have, I mean, you've got instructors for courses, you've got people building the content for those courses. I mean, just the more I get involved, I see what it's run by these volunteers, right? Even annual meeting. I mean, absolutely. That whole entire meeting is all volunteers. So we wouldn't have those things if it weren't for the volunteers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I've read a study a long time ago about volunteering. They found that people who volunteer actually have a happier attitude. They were measuring happiness and they were much happier volunteering than when they didn't. So I think that's a good reason for volunteering. It's helping an organization, but in a way you're helping yourself. And I do have to say that same study pointed out about volunteers that it was, they asked people at all steps and levels and several organizations, not just this one. I mean, ours wasn't involved actually, but it's like, when you talk about the people on the bottom of the rungs, it was like, wow, I'm so busy. There's so much to do. But the top leaders said it didn't take up that much time to do their jobs. They, they learn the routine. They get the habits down. You know, so as you go up, maybe you're spending more and more time, but people complained about it much less on the top rungs. Hmm. That's an interesting outlook on it. Yeah. All right. Well, Stephanie, do you have anything else? No, I think we did a really good job covering everything. And hopefully we can get like 50 new volunteers coming in. (laughs) That's right. You know, just apply and just get your CV out there. Some of them don't require a statement of purpose or whatever, like you would for a board meeting. But, you know, you can be tossed. Once your name is in the hat, you can probably find out what's available for somebody with my interests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Diane, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Hands in Motion. We appreciate it. And we appreciate your volunteerism with ASHT. And we can't wait to hear your incoming presidential address this fall. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) It'll be great. (laughs) I really appreciate talking to you guys. It's been fun. And hopefully we have an annual meeting and face-to-face this year because I'm really missing that. So I hope yeah. to see a lot of our new members and, and old members. Yeah, absolutely. We hope this episode inspired you to get involved and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank all ASHT volunteers. You've been listening to Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. 
To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. Podcast.